It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to Inside the Yard on 1057 The Fan. Still racing, and he dives, and he makes the play. News, rumors, and scouting straight from the warehouse. Here's Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. And welcome to it, and somewhere they are playing baseball. Don't look out your window. Don't look out your window. Take my word for it. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold on a Thursday night. Spring training has begun, and this is inside the yard. Pitchers and catchers have reported to Sarasota, Florida for the Baltimore Orioles. And Jeff, I'll just come out and say it. Happy New Year. And I think, Jeff, uh, you're you're on mute still as we in, engage in in that's, Zoom, that's like video a, that's my fir- that's my first Zoom fine of the year. I that think. is that is your first one out of all the times we've done this, and this this show goes back to 2020 when we started in a podcast form. I think that's an absolute first time, Jeff. But there's a first for everything. You were so excited to talk about baseball again. First of all, happy New Year. Happy Second New year. of all, I'm not looking out my window either uh, because I had to go out and shovel today. I even did a Zoom while uh, while shoveling earlier today. It wasn't impressive at all, but. Yeah, we got that in, and uh, I'm excited that, you know, it's it's not too far away from games being played earlier. First game that the Orioles are going to play on February 28th against the Pirates, so a lot to really be excited about. Yeah, it started. If you go to the Orioles' Twitter handle, at Orioles, it gives you your fix. You just hear the pop of the mitt in all these bullpen sessions that have been going on, and, and Jeff, you spent a lot of time in your life around a ballpark there are a few things better, and I'm not going to apologize for being nostalgic about it, than the pop of that mitt in a bullpen or the crack of the bat. That was the best thing about going down there last year. You, you get the you get the palm trees and the warm weather and the smell of Boog's Barbecue when you're down there. I, I try and plug that anytime I can just because it's so stinking good and it makes you feel like you're a Canman Yard. So, yeah, Sarasota is a, a special place, and uh, if you're down in the area, you know, hope fans are, are coming out to the games. It should be a, a lot of fun, and I'm really excited for uh, for the start of uh, spring training games. Well, Brandon Hyde said today every pitcher so far is healthy. Every pitcher has already thrown a bullpen, minus the newly signed Matt Harvey, but that should be happening soon. But both manager Brandon Hyde yesterday and talked about a little bit today and new pitching coach Chris Holt talked about the possibility – of a six-man rotation. Here's the Orioles' new pitching coach. My interest level is to make sure that we take care of pitchers' health and win as many games as we can, and whatever we have to do to do that is the priority. So, I'm, again, I'm open to anything that we feel is a, uh, a, a suitable uh, means to achieve those ends. That's the Orioles' new pitching coach, Chris Holt. He said that today, and, Jeff, here's the background on this. The reality is – John Means on the returning staff here made 10 starts. That's the most. He also pitched just over 43 innings of work. So you are talking about what's good in Major League Baseball now. 150, 175 is really you know good by today's standards. It's hard to ramp that up. So this is going to be kicked around throughout baseball. 
I think it's going to depend on team by team. And and I think that in that same press conference, Chris Holt, he wouldn't say that the Orioles were definitely going to go into a six-round rotation, but there was maybe a hint or two that that's where they were leaning right now. And you can understand it from a health and safety perspective, but there are some downsides to doing it as well. And for the Orioles, you know, one of them is that John Means is a pitcher that he said it yesterday. He wants to pitch six or seven innings in outing. Um, and you want to make sure you're getting to him as many times as you can. But if you go to a six-man rotation, you're, you're going to lose out on some, some John Means time in the rotation, and you really need him to cover up some innings for you. And then the other part of it, too, is you take one of the long guys out of your bullpen. And the Orioles are going to need probably multiple long guys to come out of their pen because they're already a young rotation when you take into account Aiken and Kramer. They're going to get probably even younger later when you start seeing Lowther, Bauman, Wells, and some of the other ones. And then you also have Felix Hernandez, who you're hopeful that he's going to pitch well for you, but he has dealt with some injuries over the last couple of years. So there's no real great answer to this question. Like I said, there was some maybe subtle hints that maybe a six-man rotation is where the Orioles would want to go, but there are definitely some downsides to it as well. And, uh, you know, robbing somebody from your bullpen, like, say, a Thomas Eshelman, uh, is one of the downsides to that. Yeah, and you mentioned him, the king, Felix Hernandez. Uh, right now, he's on a minor league contract trying to earn a spot, whether it be in a five- or six-man starting rotation. The former Cy Young Award winner today explained what he's still chasing. Uh, the Hall of Fame. I think uh, I had a shot to go in the Hall of Fame. and uh but I had, I had a few numbers that I had to keep it up and uh, like wings and strikeouts. If I get to 250, I think, no, to 200 and like 3,000 strikeouts. So if I get to those goals, uh, I think I'm going to be shot to the Hall of Fame. And beyond the numbers, Jeff, for Felix Hernandez, to me, even if he's not the Felix Hernandez of 2010, he still brings a lot of value to an incredibly young team and an incredibly young pitching staff. I appreciated his candor when when he talked about why he wanted to continue to pitch. He's 34 years old now. He's going to turn 35 on April the 8th. As you've seen, some of the, the benchmarks for the Hall of Fame maybe become a little bit easier over recent years when you look at some of the voting cycles. I think he's probably a Hall of Famer right now, but you can understand why he would maybe want to come back and try and get closer to those benchmarks. I mean... Trying for him to get to 200 wins, 3,000 strikeouts, that's going to be a little bit challenging when you take a look at the numbers over the last couple of years. But for him to get closer to that and also benefit young pitchers who will be looking up to him, I think that is a good point that you make, and I think there is value there. We'll talk about that coming up with MassInSports.com. Steve Molesky will also ask Steve what he thinks the timeline is for Adley Rutschman's promotion to Baltimore. And with all due respect to our friend Steve Molesky, this is no ordinary show because our guest at 625 is Trey Mancini. And we will talk about we will talk to Trey coming up and his remarkable story and being back in Sarasota, Florida. What a sight for sore eyes. So that's coming up at 625. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. Steve Molesky's coming up on Inside the Yard on 1057 The Fam. Seven, the fan takes you inside the yard. Still going back, back to the track, and this that one is gone. gone. Your direct line to everything owns. Here's Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. 
Y'all new 2021 five-game flex panel is available now. Select the games that fit your schedule before the general public, including access to opening day, plus select popular promo dates like Jim Palmer Bobblehead Day and Birdland Hawaiian Shirt Day. Plans start at just 99 bucks and are protected by Osurance. Visit Orioles.com slash flex to purchase your plan. That is Jeff Arnold. I'm Brett Hollander. It's Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. You can also download this as a podcast at Orioles.com slash podcast or wherever you download your podcast. Joining us right now is Steve Molesky from MassInsports.com. Steve, I do obviously want to talk about something you cover closer than anyone, which is the Orioles farm system. But we've been bantering about, and I know you've taken interest in it, and that's the idea, given the unique situation last year into this year about a six-man rotation. Your sense of the possibilities of that? You know, we interviewed Chris Holt today, uh, guys, via the Zoom. Uh, He sounded pretty positive about it and and about the fact that it's an option. I think the Orioles are in a wait-and-see mode on this, Brett, to see, you know, over the next few weeks, how's the health of all the pitchers. Uh, They do know uh, that they went from a situation where some of these guys on the farm or the bigs may have thrown 110, 130, 150 innings in 2019, and then threw 30, 40, or 50 in 2020. Now, of course, what we don't know is there are innings they threw at the alternate site, you know, in sim games and when they were home that they counted. And we should count because that's pitches on their arm and in innings. But still, because of the lack of innings per a normal season, that we saw last year. I think a lot of teams are considering the six man. Steve, how much concern should there be that the Orioles bullpen could really suffer if you decide to go to the the six man, because you'd obviously be down a long guy and and you need obviously probably a few of those when you have such a a young rotation. You're right, Jeff. Uh, It's all innings, right? Whether it comes from the starters or the bullpen. And I think what will be really valued maybe in 2021 more than ever, is that multiple inning reliever. Whether that turns out to be, you know, can Sean Armstrong go multiple innings? Is Thomas Eshelman in there as a long guy who can spot in multiple innings? Uh, There are certain guys they don't kind of use that way because they want to be able to use them two or three games out of five. So you're not going to pitch you. If you pitch in multiple innings, you might be down a day or two. So now you have that equation. So, I mean, doing this math during the season, massaging it, making it last to get all the way from the beginning to the end is a real challenge for a first-year major league pitching coach in Chris Holt, who's obviously got a key lieutenant by his side and Darren Holmes. And um, they're going to try to make it work. 162 games is a lot, as we know. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold on Inside the Yard. Trey Mancini will join us coming up in 10 minutes. We look forward to that. But right now we're talking to Steve Molesky of MassInSports.com. Steve, if you look at the rotation that we've been talking about, two guys on the inside track are Dean Kramer and Keegan Aiken, two guys who are still considered prospects and still have the rookie status after just really getting a taste of it in the big leagues a year ago. What are your expectations for those two entering what will be their potentially their first full seasons? Really impressive debuts, and again, we're only talking about 10 or 12 starts, but I mean, Keegan Aiken averaged 12.27 Ks per nine. That led the Orioles. I mean, he had, via the stat sheet, more swing and miss stuff than anybody on the staff, obviously in limited innings, and Dean Kramer, we know, has got some swing and miss stuff, and uh, I thought the cutter that he showed in the major leagues 
We hadn't heard much about that on the farm with Dean Kramer. And it sounds like he went, when baseball shut down in March, that kid went home and honed a pitch on his own. You know, obviously he was getting input from the coaches via Zoom and telephone, but they weren't there with him in person. And he made that cutter real, real nice weapon. So those kids both showed poise. They showed smarts. They showed stuff. Now we got to see how that goes over six months. Can they endure a long season? What happens when they face the Yankees a third and fourth time? But, you know, it was pretty impressive what they both did late last year. So you're hopeful that Kramer and Aiken are going to learn a lot from guys like Felix Hernandez and Matt Harvey. Um, Both of them have previous things done in the major leagues. Both have had success before, but recently uh, it's been a little bit more challenging for both. You know, Felix Hernandez didn't pitch last year. Matt Harvey's dealt with some injuries and ineffectiveness, but what should Orioles fans be looking for out of a Matt Harvey and a Felix Hernandez as we get spring training underway? It's a real unknown, isn't it? Because, I mean, Felix Hernandez has a pitch in the game that counts since the end of 2019 and hasn't even pitched in one that doesn't count since March of 2020. So it's been a long time, and Matt Harvey just did not pitch well last year. So I think the Orioles are taking a shot with three veteran uh, minor league signings. We can add LeBlanc to that list. And maybe the hope, guys, is that one or two make it to opening day throwing well. Encouraging what we heard from Felix Hernandez today when he said his arm feels great, his body feels great. You know, he pitched well for the Braves in spring, obviously in very limited innings last February and March. We saw him against the Orioles in Northport. He threw well, two scoreless. So I was encouraged by what I heard from him today. And so, uh, but we also know the last time we saw him, he was getting hit hard and his ERA was over six. So I think fans realize expectations are not high for this trio. But while they're here for as long as they're here, Brandon Hyde's excited about what they can do with mentorship, helping young guys, and just being around a young team that was one of the youngest in the league last year. Steve, fair or unfair, and it's probably very unfair for both the prospect and for the organization, but I know you've been asked just a few times about the timeline for one Adley Rutschman. Uh, Your sense of it right now, he's going to be in his second big camp, there's this big unknown based on last year. He, he obviously the reports are great uh, coming from the alternate site, but what's your sense of it? My sense is that he starts at Bowie. He probably plays well, maybe if not from day one, it may not take him long because he got in a lot of great work last year at the alternate camp. And the Orioles told us about that time and time again. So I mean, we're going to see a kid, a jump on the paper on paper, from Delmarva to Bowie, because that's where we last saw him in an affiliate game in 2019, but really got in all that experience last year. Uh, my guess is if they want to bring him to the major leagues in 2021, he can probably handle that, and they might even like what they see. And so we're going to see, guys. I mean, remember when Manny got there, it was a surprise, and it was out of need. And Manny was a young kid who wasn't even tearing it up at Bowie, but they knew defensively he could handle it. And if he can hit a little bit, great. And so and that team was contending to win something. This team is probably not going to be in that same spot come August. But if they if they were and they needed a catcher, that's not a bad one to be able to, to call on. So my guess is he could probably be ready to pitch this year. 
but the odds are probably ever to, to play the bigs this year. But the odds are probably against. Uh, they probably could pitch if they wanted to throw him in any. But the odds are probably against uh, him getting there. We'll see though. The sky is the limit for this kid, as we know. Steve, we know what Baseball America thinks about this. You know, Rushman is the the jewel of the Orioles farm system right now. Um, is this the best Orioles farm system that you have ever covered? It, it might be. Um, the only time, Jeff, that they ever got five uh, in the initial release of the list, and I've been saying initial release because now they tweak this list constantly, and you can get five in June where maybe you didn't have it when they put it first out in January or February. But it's only the second time, and I think the other was 2008, Weeders and Tillman and that those guys. And they got five on the list, Baseball America now. So this was – uh, they've been doing it since 1990. This is the, only the second time they got five. And that that year, the earlier year, most of them were in the back of the list. They're higher up now. Uh, and I think the Orioles and – you, and you look at it, they have five, but they also have Austin Hayes, who has been a top 100 prospect. They have Diaz, who has been a top 100 prospect. They have Gunner, who's probably going to be a top 100 prospect. And they have the fifth pick in the draft. We don't know his name yet, but he has a good chance to be a top 100 prospect when we're talking next year. So the farm is trending up. The players are usually not going to graduate. Mountcastle will leave these lists, but everybody else will stay probably. So uh, it's it's good. It's in good shape. It's got depth. We've seen guys fall out of the top 30. We can't find there anymore because they've been pushed out. So both ends of the list are good, the top and the bottom. Steve Molesky from MassInSports.com. Steve, thank you so much. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. When we come back on Inside the Yard, Trey Mancini will join us. That's coming up next here on 105.7 The Fan. This is Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. Basketball outside corner. Got him again. All the latest Orioles news and rumors. Here's Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. The Junior Orioles Dugout Club is now Kids Cheer Free Plus, the all-new Orioles Kids Club for fans 14 and under. For just $30, each club membership receives free access to all Orioles home games, exclusive swag, a ticket voucher for four free lower-level tickets, and more. Purchase your membership now at Orioles.com slash Kids Cheer Free. And we mentioned that pitchers and catchers have reported for the Baltimore Orioles, but there are a few position players there, one by the name of Trey Mancini. Here's his skipper, Brandon Hyde. Yeah, we've got uh, Trey's here, uh, DJ Stewart, um, and Wilkerson. They're all here, and they swung the bat today on the field. Trey uh, feels great and um, driving the baseball today on the field. Took ground balls. Um, didn't do that yesterday and today, and uh, it feels fantastic. That is Orioles manager Brandon High, Brett Hollander, and Jeff Arnold on Inside the Yard with a very special guest joining us right now. Trey Mancini is with us. And, Trey, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on, guys. Well, let's start with the most obvious question. How do you feel physically right now? I feel really good. Um, yeah, obviously everybody's been asking me that. Um, and, and, um, yeah, I feel, I feel really good though. And I'm not lying when I say that I, I really do, um, you know, feel back to my normal self, if not even better. Um, I knew I had to really work hard the last few months to kind of get back. And, and, you know, I obviously went through a lot last year and, and 12 chemo 
treatments can definitely take a toll on you. But um, yeah, I pretty much got to work right when that was done. Um, and, and I feel really, really good about where I'm at right now. What was the feeling like when you walk back into the Ed Smith complex after uh, everything that had taken place last year? It felt really good. Um, it was kind of awesome. To, I feel like things kind of came full circle whenever I got back here because it's where it started. Um, and it was a little eerie at times because um, obviously the world shut down last March and everything, not everything, but some things um, kind of were as was last March. So like that was a little eerie, um, you know, for for a little bit there. But no, it feels so good to to be back and, and feel so great. Trey, during this this horrible process for you have you allowed yourself even as things have looked better and you felt better and you've been grinding it out have you allowed yourself to think about that first a b that first base hit that first home run whether it be in a grapefruit league game or in front of fans at camden yards oh a little bit i try not to get too far ahead of myself um in that regard i I just try to you know throughout this whole thing i've just tried to take it step by step uh that's how i got through the treatments i kind of just always looked forward a few days to when i'd be feeling better after my infusions and i'm kind of doing the same thing now and it's what i've always done in baseball but i am really looking forward to that moment i'd be lying if i said that i wasn't so um yeah i really am looking forward to just that first like you said that first grapefruit league at bat because i think my last at bat um, that I took in a game was against Charlie Morton here, you know, like it was either end of February or like March 1st last year. So it's been a little while since I've been in the game, haven't worn a pair of baseball pants since then. So I'm ready to strap it back on and, and get out there. Jeff Arnold, Brett Hollander with Trey Mancini on inside the yard. Um, you're thinking about the payoff, but take us back to when you're done with chemo and you're grabbing a bat for the first time and you're getting ready to, swing and either hit live pitching or off a tee. Uh, what was that feeling like when you when you had the bat in your hand and you're, you're ready to play baseball again? It felt great. Um, you know, it's the most pumped up I've ever been to hit in a cage before. I mean, I'm always somebody that likes going on a field, seeing where the ball ends up. But, um, you know, just being able to, like you said, grab the bat and, and take some swings off the tee, um, it, it felt good because I – had been through a lot and, you know, at the beginning and at certain times, you never know if you're going to be able to play baseball again. You really don't. And, and um, you know, baseball definitely was kind of on the back burner in my mind throughout a lot of the process. And then once once it finished and and once I, you know, started feeling better, I knew that, um, you know, I could focus on baseball again. So it was really exciting to get back in the cage and then it feels great. Trey, can you take us through your your life right now as far as checkups with a doctor and and how much that is a part of your, I don't know if it's day-to-day, week-to-week, or month-to-month, but how much that is a part of your life? Yeah, it's a huge part of your life. Um, so it's every three months I have to go get CT scans done, um, you know, and like pretty much, uh, yeah, after you have stage three or, or four colon cancer, and you go through treatment, you have to get your chest, abdomen, and pelvis scanned every three months. Um, so I do that, and, um, and I get my blood work checked monthly i'd say um i really like staying on top of it and seeing where everything is so um you know that that aspect of it's not over um at all and you know hopefully i I feel great and and you know i i um you know always think positive and think that that i'm good but yeah it's definitely something you want to check up on and and something that's a part of your life trey who are some people that kept you going through the this experience you know you you mentioned that sarah has been one of them you know mo gabo is another one um, but who are some people that kept you going and what did they say to you um, that you can maybe say now to somebody who's going through what you just went through? 
Yeah, Sarah um, definitely learned how to be an at-home nurse, essentially. Um, you know, for those first few days after my treatments, I did not feel good. And she she really had to take care of me. And she had to bathe me for a couple of days. Like, I couldn't take a shower because I had to take home for it. Um, so she had to do that. It was, you know, it, I, I would feel pretty rough for a few days. So she was there the whole time. Obviously, in COVID, we couldn't really see too many other people. So she really... Um, was on the forefront of it um, the entire time. And, and she never once complained or, or um, you know, she was amazing. So um, she definitely got me through it the best. And obviously my family, I'm so close with them, um, my parents and sisters and, um, you know, all my family, they, they helped me out so much. And like you said, Mo too, he was the first person to call after my surgery was done. And, um, you know, I think about him still every day. And he's somebody that, that inspires me still and, and always will. Oriole slugger Trey Mancini is with us here on Inside the Yard, Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. And listen, Trey, I'm very biased. I think the people of Baltimore, the fans of Baltimore are very special. I don't think it's ordinary, the connection a lot of people feel here towards their people. If you're, you know, one of us and, and you know, you actually with your connections to Bowie growing up and just because you're drafted and developed by the club and you've had a lot of success already, people feel that way about you. Uh, take us through it and tell us, their reaction to you and and how that kind of helped you in this process yeah i mean orioles fans can be right on the list of, of people who helped me get through it um they were amazing the entire time um you know the support they showed um you know they I, I can't count how many messages and and nice notes i got from a countless amount of people from the baltimore area and, and orioles fans and um i think with the the fight t-shirt sales that we did too that in itself just shows how much support um you know that far surpassed our expectations but i wasn't surprised at the same time because um the fans of baltimore always step up when when one of their own is in need and um you know i definitely was showing a lot of love there Trey, we're going to talk a little bit more about your your foundation, I think, in the next segment and go into a little bit more about uh, some of the things that you're doing. But were you ever in a spot where, you know, being your age, you were asking yourself, like, why me? Why why am I going through this this process right now? And and if you were, how did you get over it? Um, I mean, I guess a couple times I, I you really go into fight or flight mode whenever this happens to you. Um, and you kind of think more about it almost after it's over. Um, and you're just kind of like, what just happened? You know, you, you can't believe it, but, um, no, I'd say, you know, I kind of accepted it as reality at the beginning. And, and like I said, went into fight or flight mode there and just knew I needed to get through the treatments. And then I worry about everything else after. Um, but, um, you know, it's obviously super unfortunate and, and a rare occurrence in somebody my age, but, um, you know, it, it really can happen to anybody. And Trey, how engaged did you stay in what was just a 60-game season a year ago, but you are simultaneously going through uh, these horrible treatments and and really fighting for everything at that point? How engaged could you stay? Uh, and, and, you know, where was baseball kind of in your life at that point? Oh, I definitely watched more baseball than I ever had in my whole life last year. Um, you know, we play so many games a year and you're at the field all day that you don't really necessarily want to go home and watch more baseball um, after it's over. So I definitely, um, I'd watch our games basically every night. Um, and and that really provided uh, some good entertainment, I'd say. Um, and I'm so proud of the guys, the way that they handled everything last season and, and the way they played. Um, so yeah, I was able to keep in touch with all the guys, um, you know, pretty regularly. And, and obviously I wasn't able to see them with all the restrictions in place, but, um, you know, I kept in good touch and, and was able to watch basically every night. 
what was it like for you watching Ryan Mountcastle come up? I mean, he put up some some big numbers, but uh, and and he was, I think, everything that that everybody expected that he was going to be. But to to see him come to the major leagues and get off to the start that he did, uh, what was that like for you? It didn't surprise me one bit. Um, it, it was one of the least surprising aspects of last year, I'd say. I mean, the the second you meet that guy, you know that he just loves hitting and. and He's one of the, I mean, he's kind of like me. We just love hitting so much and kind of just born to born to hit. Um, you know, that's the reason we play baseball. So not surprising the slightest bit. And I know we'll be seeing a lot more of that this year too. Trey Mancini with us right now inside the yard, Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. And maybe this is a question I should ask you at the end of spring training, but from maybe when you showed up in 2019 for pitchers and catchers or whenever position players reported to now, how much is the overall just raw pure talent pool been elevated over these last several years yeah i feel like that there's like much more of a competition now um and there's a lot more spots that can be won during spring training um i feel like two years ago most of that was kind of already settled before spring started maybe there were a couple competitions going on but now we've got a lot of guys with a lot of talent and and wide skill sets too um and, and yeah, I think it's going to be really fun to watch a lot of the competitions that are going on this spring. And, and um, there's a lot of great players um, to choose from for the 26-man pool. Who's one pitcher in the, uh, the Orioles system? And you got to see some of them last year. Who is one pitcher that you do not want to be facing? One Orioles pitcher that I, you know, who I, I've, um, I've watched a lot of them pitch, but Dean Kramer, I feel like is really nasty in that breaking ball. I don't know how well I'd handle that. Um, it's, pretty impressive. And, and I watched his starts last year. I was um, very impressed with how he handled himself, his mound presence. Um, and I feel like he's going to be a really good pitcher for us. And I don't know if you have a chance to see Adley Rushman take swings in a cage yet or catch a bullpen. And you, you, you obviously play with a lot of guys who came up with that kind of prospect status. It's not an easy burden, but uh, your, your sense of, of a guy like that and how he handles himself around a major league clubhouse. Yeah, that guy's, you know, a big leaguer with the way that he handles himself. And, and um, you know, obviously there's a lot of pressure that, that can fall on your shoulders when you're the number one pick. But I don't think that phases him or bothers him at all. He embraces it. Um, and, and he's definitely not scared of the spotlight. So I'm, I'm always impressed with how he handles himself on a daily basis. And, and he's a really humble kid and, and um, you know, just a great kid. And, and I'm, I'm excited to have him, back, have him up on the team. As you see these guys and are competing with them day in and day out, what was your training like before getting to Sarasota? Were you able to see live pitching, like taking swings against pro pitchers? Were you able to go work out with with the Vanderbilt team, for instance? Because I know you're you're spending the off seasons there. What was that like, and how much live pitching have you seen before arriving in Sarasota? Also, I wasn't able to work out at Vanderbilt with COVID restrictions. Um, they, for good reason, didn't want any outside people coming in and, and putting their team at risk. So I was able to work out um, at a place called Chadwick's. It's in Franklin, Tennessee, and it was amazing. Um, and and um, I'm so glad I found them and, and went through a program with them. And, and I feel like they like very much helped me this offseason get back to where I need to be. Um, but there are a lot of pitchers that – that worked out there too. And I, um, they really like started gearing up later on in the winter and it wasn't like a good, like good environment to like hit live because it was like an indoor like cage um, and things like that. So I didn't take live swings off them, but I like stood in on some bullpens and, and watched them throw a lot. So I was able to like, you know, see some velocity. Um, I've been standing in on some guys here too. So 
um, that's always big, being able to stand in and just see live pitching. When we come back with Trey Mancini, we will get into the Trey Mancini Foundation. Plus, we'll do our fun five baseball questions with Trey. What a sight for Soul Rise. He's already in Sarasota, Florida, getting his swings in. It's inside the yard on this wintry night in Baltimore here on 105.7 The Fan. You're listening to Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. Still racing, and he dives, and he makes the play. News, rumors, and scouting straight from the warehouse. Here's Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. In honor of Black History Month, the Orioles celebrate the many players who have made their mark in Orioles and Major League Baseball history. We recognize the 134 African-American players through their 66 years of history. Learn more about some of these players' stories at Orioles.com slash Birdland Insider. That's Jeff Arnold. I'm Brett Hollander on the week where pitchers and catchers have begun. They've showed up to Sarasota, Florida. A few position players are there and not surprisingly, Trey Mancini is there, and he joins us right now here on Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan. You can also download this and old episodes at Orioles.com slash podcast. And Trey, uh, you've created the Trey Mancini Foundation. You've always been so deeply involved in the community since you got to Baltimore in 2016. Obviously, your your foundation and your focus has now taken a an obvious turn, but tell us about the Trey Mancini Foundation. Yeah, so for a few years now, um, I was wanting to do some sort of foundation, um, and my older sister is is the head of it, and um, she's helped me out so much. And then my younger sister also helps, and, and Sarah's also involved too. But um, yeah, we created the Trey Mancini Foundation, um, and um, we're just partnering with a lot of different causes that um, you know we that are kind of near and dear to our hearts. So anything that that appeals to us and, and that we want to get involved with, we are so. Um, the plan is to have a bunch of different events benefiting different causes. So um, coming up, I'm doing a um, a, ben- a benefit for the Colorectal Cancer Alliance where um, people can buy tickets um, to with a chance to like Zoom with me. Uh, we figured, you know, with COVID and quarantine and everything, like um, we, we had thought of a bunch of different ideas. So we thought that would maybe be a cool one. So, um, yeah, people can buy a raffle ticket and. Um, and I'll hang out with them on Zoom for a little bit, and that money's going to benefit the Colorectal Cancer Alliance. But we're also going to do stuff with blessings in a backpack. And when we originally wanted to do it, we wanted to do something obviously in the um, local Baltimore area, and we still do. So we're going to do a lot with them. Um, I'm going to sponsor a school and work with the Boys and Girls Club too in the Baltimore area, and, and do a lot with them through the foundation as well. How uh, how humbling has it been to see how many people have gotten behind the Trey Mancini Foundation already and just how many people are excited about the things that you all are doing? Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, we, my sister decided to announce it like late in 2020 and nobody really knew what we were doing and what the cause kind of was at the time and people were still donating. And that's just it, it was amazing and um, very humbling that that people, um, you know, would do that and not really knowing exactly what the money was going towards at the time. And, and that's going to benefit the colorectal cancer Alliance, um, you know, which obviously, um, you know, is a huge part of my life now. So um, it's just so cool. And, and again, everybody in Baltimore, um, you know, gets behind causes they love for, um, for their athletes. So it's amazing. And Trey, and you've spoken about this and it's a big part of the overall message now of the Trey Mancini foundation, but early screening, early detection, stay on top of your body. These are things that are not easy to talk about, but what's your message? I know there's obviously a lot of young Orioles fans out there. 
Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I know some people are like Shire, it's more taboo to talk about. But you know, if, if something feels off, or, um, you know, yeah, something doesn't feel right, don't be afraid to go to your doctor or tell somebody about it. Um, you just got to listen to your body and what it's telling you. Um, and, you know, me, per, and the scary thing for me was I didn't have any symptoms really at all. It was a blood test. Um, so even getting a blood test once a year is, is super important and staying on top of things like that. So um, yeah, that's something we're really trying to preach to people because it's a super, super preventable. And, um, you know, when you catch it early, you can just, you know, get a polyp taken out and it's done. So um, very easily detected cancer. Trey, as you get into spring training and as we get things underway with games uh, not too far down the road, what are some expectations that you are setting for yourself uh, over the, the first couple of weeks of games? Um, I usually set pretty high expectations for myself. So I, you know, I, I probably won't cut myself too much slack. You know, maybe um, I might be a tiny rusty my first few at bats, but I can shake out the rust when we're doing live BP at the field. So once a game start, I'm, you know, fully expecting myself to pick up where I was. Basically, I'm not going to, um, yeah, I'm not going to lower my expectations at all because of what happened. Oriole slugger Trey Mancini is with us here on inside the yard. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold and Trey, it's time for our fun five baseball questions. Are you ready? Ready. Favorite baseball movie. Angels in the outfield. Nice. That's an underrated one. It's a great. Oh, I love that movie as a kid. That is a great one. Yeah. Tony Danza's in that, right? Yes. Is. Yes, he is. Matthew uh, McConaughey's actually in that he one. He is too. in that. He gets lifted he up by the Angels. Um, it's um, and Joseph Gordon Levitt, I think is his name. I might have yep. butchered him, but he's obviously the main character in it. So it's actually got a really stellar cast. If you look at the cast list of it, it's impressive. I'll IMDb that after the show. Yep. Uh, high school senior year batting average 480. How many dingers went with that? Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, I was trying to get to 500. My sophomore year was actually my best year, but um, but yeah, senior year I did pretty decent too. Most influential baseball person in your life? Uh, my so my hitting coach when I was a kid, Blake Doyle. Um, he played several years in the minor leagues, and he was actually the hitting coach for the Rockies um a few years ago. But I had hit with him since I was twelve years old, and and um, he's still a good friend of mine, and and um, you know, has taught me so much over the years. So I'd say Blake. Favorite minor league city to play or visit. Uh, Columbus, I thought was the coolest city in the minors. Um, it's, it's a great city. It really is. So, um, we only played there one time when I was in AAA, but I was really impressed with Columbus. Jeff, that's our first Columbus. I think we've gotten a lot of Charlotte's. That's a lot of things in the South. A lot of Charlotte's, but I'm, I'm sticking with Columbus. Columbus, just not in April. Uh, name one talent you have outside of baseball. Uh, I'm a good tennis player. I've been playing since I was three years old and still play all the time. Uh, it's one of my favorite sports and, and, you know, something I'll always play. Um, so if baseball and tennis would have been the same season in high school, I definitely would have, or if they were diff in different seasons, I would have played tennis in high school for sure. Wow. And you still play regularly? Regularly. And Stevie Wilkerson played a lot growing up too. So um, yeah, we get on the tennis court and, and um, yeah, I think people would be impressed if they saw us play. Now are a you, lot of, a lot of you, other racket sports have gotten hot recently are you getting into the uh, paddle or pickleball, pickleball or pickleball, any of those other ones? Yeah, pickleball is a blast. Um, it's so much fun. Sarah and I play it all the time. Um, so, yeah, pickleball, basically any sport. I, I love playing volleyball, um, basically anything. 
but but yeah, tennis is definitely my second best sport. And I'll throw in an additional question because she was featured prominently in some of those videos that you were doing when you were working out in, in quarantine. How is Olympia doing? Oh my gosh. Oh, thanks for asking. Uh, Olympia is doing great. Um, she's uh, turning one. Um, well, she was born leap day last year. So I guess like March 1st, we're considering her birthday this year. So she's about to be one. She's crazy, but she's uh, the best dog in the world. We got so lucky. Um, and it was the best decision we ever made rescuing her last year. Now, one last question for you, Trey. When are you right now taking your normal uh, swings in the cage daily and and positionally, are you in the outfield and taking ground balls at first? Yeah, so I'm yeah, no restrictions at all. It's my normal routine, um, you know, working out fully every day. And and I've been doing more first base work as of now, um, just because I've been doing mostly outfield the last few years. So um, I'm kind of like focusing more on first, but I'm still doing some outfield stuff as well. Trey Mancini, who hit 35 home runs in 2019 and OPS of 900, already 86 career home runs, drafted and developed in, in, by the Baltimore Orioles, taken out of the, uh, what is that school? I forget where was that, I forget where you went again. Notre Dame, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Eighth round in 2013. Trey, it's so good to see you. And uh, yeah. we can't wait to watch you play soon. Thank, yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. That is uh, Orioles first baseman, right field. I think we'll see him get some ABs at DH as well. Trey Mancini and Jeff, how cool is that? It, w- it was awesome to be able to to have Trey on and for him to talk about everything that um, he had been doing. I think it's really encouraging the, the spot where he's in, and he's expecting to get right back into it. I mean, you heard him talk about it at the very end where he's like, there's going to be some rust, and he hasn't seen a whole lot of live pitching um, at this point, he's been able to stand in and see some bullpens and, and just get back to used to seeing that velocity again. But he's expecting a lot from himself right out of the gate. And Trey's always somebody that's been hard on himself and pushed himself. And so I, I think it's encouraging that he's in a spot where he feels like he can be competing at the highest level and and doing so sooner rather than later. He's such a competitor. And you know, we saw a couple of years ago in 2018, he got off to a bad start, which was totally unexpected. He eventually got it all together, but you could see the frustration. The team wasn't playing well. He wasn't hitting like he is capable of, uh, perhaps an injury or two, but he can wear it with the best of them. But I don't know about you, Jeff. I, I think about that first at bat for him. I think about it and I have a lump in my throat. So it's something where I think emotionally he's, that might be one of the bigger challenges beyond the physical. I think that there are a number of things that, that you and I have both mentally pictured. Um, and one of them is going to be opening day at Camden Yards, seeing fans in the stands again, and being able to get back to a sense of normalcy. But another one that I've been thinking about is that first big Trey Mancini moment that he has uh, when they're back at Camden Yards and playing a game and where maybe it's a game-winning home run. Maybe it's the first time he steps in the batter's box. Maybe it's the first time he drives in a run. Maybe it's the first time he takes the field, um, but that ovation that he's going to receive and what it's going to mean, not only for him personally, but to the entire city to have you know one of their, their stars back, um, it's going to be really cool. Really well said, and he is the best story in baseball right now. There, there's no question about that, and let's face it, he's the face of the franchise. He's established he was on the last Orioles playoff team. He's not 
just anybody, but anything like he's been going through at such a young age, we would all connect to. And I want to say it again, the Trey Mancini Foundation, check it out. Uh, check them out on Facebook, check it out online. And it's doing really important and great work. And Trey's always been so involved in the community uh, before uh, he was stricken with cancer. He's always been so involved, someone who shows up to all the events and cares so much about the community. So uh, Trey Mancini, back at spring training. Pitchers and catchers reported this week. I do want to say this again, Jeff. Check out the Orioles on Twitter because the videos they're coming up with multiple times a day, not only the sound from the players and stuff like that, but just the, like, Hunter Harvey's flow has been featured today. The pop of the mitt. That's what you miss. Yeah, the the flow has has certain given given me a little bit of envy because uh, I, I like to think I've done some some good things during uh, during this time spent at home and, and time where we can't be all be together. But adding hair is is not been one of those things. So so I, I'm I, I think the videos have been great and, and we're really excited to be able to to see more of it as spring training games start on the on the 28th and. You know, the Orioles are, are going to sell a certain number of tickets so fans can go to the games if they are down in Sarasota. And uh, what what could be better now than being able to, to check out some some Orioles baseball? There's obviously protocols where things can be done very safely. So, um, so it's going to be great to see Orioles baseball again and to see fans watching the games. If you missed some of Trey Mancini or Steve Molesky earlier tonight, go to, to Orioles.com slash podcast and you can check out old episodes of Inside the Yard. We had last week Ryan Mountcastle and Rio Ruiz. We've had a number of great guests, including Mike Elias, a couple of weeks ago. So check that out, Orioles.com slash podcast, wherever you download podcasts. A quick birthday shout-out and a very selfish one to my daughter, May Hollander, who can sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game" with the best of them. And a great big shout-out to the one and only Kevin Reed for his hard work tonight and always. We appreciate it so much, Kevin. Jeff, we're back in one week for another Broadcast here on 105.7 The Fan and another podcast. So I can't wait to see them. Brett, it, it will be great. In the meantime, uh, happy shoveling. And uh, as Rockabaco told us last week, um, it's good for the legs. So so make sure you're, you're getting some, some shoveling in and getting some exercise into. We'll warm up the hot stove again next Thursday here for Inside the Yard on 105.7 The Fan.